You're listening to The Health Classes You Missed. My name is Monica and I'm a secondary school health teacher with a passion for all things health. Whether you're currently at school or you finished 20 years ago, this podcast will help you understand those topics that may have been skimmed over, considered inappropriate or flat out ignored. So sit up straight, faces forward, let's get into it. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode. I decided to do this episode this week because I feel like I have been sick for an entire month and I just have no immune system right now. If you're living in Melbourne, you'll know about this flu that's been going around. Uh, COVID, of course, hasn't really gone anywhere. Everyone's getting it again. So I thought this was a really good time to do this episode because I had the flu, I had another weird head cold. I probably had COVID again at some point. And then I went on a hike and I got food poisoning. So my body has just been shaken up recently Um, It's just not really good vibes for my health right now. And of course, this then affects so many other aspects of my life because I haven't been able to play footy or, you know, stay out with mates and socialize because I'm just not feeling well or, you know, exercise properly. And that all in turn can affect my mental health as well. So I thought let's cover this. Let's figure out number one, what the immune system actually is and how it kind of works and then how we can improve it. So getting into it, what actually is the immune system? According to Better Health Victoria, the immune system is a complex network of cells and proteins that defend the body against infection. So it's made up of special organs, cells, and chemicals to fight microbes. Now its main purpose is to protect us from germs such as bacteria, viruses, fungi, and other toxins that we might come into contact with every single day. Now the way that it works is that the immune system actually keeps a record of every single germ or microbe that it's defeated so that later on if that germ comes into our body again our body already knows what it is and it can recognize it and destroy it really quickly so that we're not unwell or not as unwell as the last time our body came into contact with it. So I hope that makes sense. I will go through it in a bit more depth a little bit later on, but if we've got something that's not supposed to be in our body that's foreign, our body will then send out those cells to attack this thing and we remember it. So our body is so smart that it remembers it, which is just awesome. Now you might be thinking, okay, but why do we get things like colds and flus all the time? Why does our body not know how to fight those off yet? And that's a really good question that of course, I think recently has come up a lot, um, especially with coronavirus and everything like that and all the vaccine talk. So Colds and flus actually have to be fought heaps of times because there are so many different varieties and strains of the same type of virus. So catching one flu doesn't give you immunity against the others. It's continuous. And that is why you can get the super flu, you can get a head cold, and you can get COVID, just like me. (laughs) Now let's talk about the different parts of the immune system. So I will just say them really quickly and then we'll break down each one. So we've got white blood cells, antibodies, 
the complement system, the lymphatic system, the spleen, the bone marrow, and our thymus. So starting off with white blood cells, these are key players in our immune system. They're also called leukocytes, but I'll keep calling them white blood cells just because that's a little bit easier to remember. Now, they're actually made of bone marrow and they are a part of our lymphatic system, which, of course, I will touch on in a moment. What white blood cells do is they move through the blood and tissues in the body, searching around for microbes like bacteria and like viruses. And when they actually detect infections or they detect these microbes, they attack them. Now, there's a few different types of white blood cells and they do different things. So there's neutrophils and monocytes, and these mainly fight against bacteria We've got eosinophils and basophils, and they are generally around for allergic responses. And then we've got lymphocytes, and you may have heard of these before. These are our B or T cells, and they produce antibodies and fight off pesky viruses as well. Now, understanding what white blood cells actually are and what they do in your bodies is pretty important because an abnormal amount of white blood cells can actually indicate underlying health problems. Next one we've got here is antibodies. So again, they help the body to fight microbes uh, within the body. Now, the role of antibodies is to recognize substances called antigens. So we've got antibodies, they're recognizing antigens. So an antigen is a protein found on the surface of a microbe, or it can be the chemical that a certain microbe might produce. Now, this enables them to detect whether the microbe is uh, foreign to the body or if it's necessary to the body. So they're not always going to destroy microbes. Now, if the microbe is foreign, then they almost flag this antigen as needing to be destroyed. So if you imagine them with a little I don't know if this is a weird way to put it, but I think of roadkill and when they've got the little crosses on them, like someone's gone and spray painted them on the side of the road. I don't know if that's going to be too niche for me to talk about, but that's kind of how I imagine that is they're going around with a little spray can and doing a little X on them. They know that they need to be picked up or they need to be destroyed. So that's the role of the antibodies. They will determine whether a microbe needs to be destroyed. They will flag that and then other cells, other chemicals, other proteins will help and will come over and attack that microbe. Next one here is our complement system. And this is pretty straightforward. It's just a part of the immune system that is made up of proteins that complement, which is in the name, uh, the ability of antibodies to clear away these microbes. So they're just helping out. Next one we've got here is the lymphatic system. So this one's a bit bigger. Now, according to Better Health Victoria, the lymphatic system is classified, I guess, as our body's sewerage system, which sounds kind of gross, but it's super important. This system, the lymphatic system, is made up of a network of delicate tubes which are found all around our bodies. The main role of this is to manage fluid levels in the bodies, to react to bacteria, to deal with certain cancer cells, and to absorb some fats in our diet from the intestines. Now, the lymphatic system is made up of a few different parts. So firstly, we have our lymph nodes, which you've probably heard of these before. You can find these in your neck, kind of just under your jaw, in your armpits, in your groin, around your gut, and in between your lungs as well. And the role of the lymph nodes is to drain lymph fluid from nearby organs or other areas in the body. 
Now, if you've been unwell and maybe you've noticed that your jaw feels a little bit swollen or your armpits a little bit sore, uh, that is your lymph nodes being swollen. And that's a pretty clear indication that you're unwell and they can be quite sore to touch or they can be sensitive. Now, if they are so sensitive that it's causing you pain, that's when you should go see a doctor. But generally, if you're a little bit unwell, it's okay if they're a little bit swollen like that. It can also just mean you may need to rest and you may need to just take a little bit of extra time to take care of yourself. So we just talked about lymph nodes. Now we're going to talk about lymph vessels. So these are a network of capillaries that transport and filter lymph or lymph fluid. And lymph fluid is a fluid that surrounds the body tissues and contains white blood cells. And the third one is white blood cells. But of course, we just talked about those. They, you know, move through the blood and the tissue in the body, obviously in that lymph fluid, and they're searching around for those microbes and then they detect the infection and they attack. So white blood cells, super important. Lymphatic system, also super important. So stimulating your lymphatic system has actually been quite a hot topic Uh, recently or in the last few years on my social media anyway. And this is when people, I guess, try and uh, make the fluid spread around their body a lot better, a lot maybe quicker. And there's a few ways you can do this. One of the best ways to do this is to exercise and to get regular exercise, which is You know, we talk about getting an hour of moderate to vigorous exercise every single day. That's the recommendation here in Australia. So if you're doing that, awesome. If you're not, work up to it. Really, really good for you. Obviously, so many other benefits, but for this one alone is great. Uh, Hot to cold showers are also thought to stimulate the lymphatic system. So this is when you turn the water on really hot and then really cold. Great for your muscles that as well. So could be something to try. There's also something called dry brushing. Now, I won't go into too much detail about that, but if you are interested to learn about that, jump on Google or head to Loni Jane's Instagram. She talks about that a lot. Um, So that's something you could try if that's uh, you're interested in that. So we've just talked about the white blood cells, the antibodies, the complement system, and the lymphatic system. And the next thing we're going to talk about is the spleen. So the spleen is a blood filtering organ and it is about the size of your fist. So if you close your hand, it's about that size and it is located in the upper left side of our abdomen. Now, the role of the spleen is to act as a filter for blood. So it actually removes and destroys any old or kind of defective or damaged red blood cells. The spleen also makes disease-fighting parts of the immune system like our antibodies. So you would think that the spleen is super important, but we can actually live without our spleen because our liver can take over a lot of the same roles or functions of the spleen. So I thought that was really interesting to put in there. It seems like something that we would 100% need for our immune system, but our liver actually just goes ahead and takes, takes over that role. So Don't stress too much if you have to get your spleen removed. (laughs) Next one we'll talk about is bone marrow. Now, bone marrow, again, you've probably heard of this before, but it is the spongy tissue that's found on the inside of our bones. And there are actually two different types of bone marrow. We've got red and we've got yellow. Now, we actually really, really need healthy bone marrow in order to live. And I'll tell you why now. So red bone marrow has a few different functions. It produces red blood cells, which carry oxygen to different tissues within the body. That's the role of red blood cells. It produces white blood cells. Of course, we know they fight infections. 
and it produces platelets, which help us with blood clotting. So that is when you're bleeding, it thickens the blood so that you don't bleed out and you're not just, you know, getting a cut and your cut's not ever healing. Yellow bone marrow is made up of mostly fats. Uh, It contains stem cells that can become cartilage, fat, or bone cells as well. So they're both super important, but that is bone marrow. We've got two types and we definitely need it to live. The last one I'm going to talk about here is the thymus. So the thymus is located inside our rib cage, just behind our breastbone. And the role of the thymus is it filters and it monitors our blood content. In addition to that, it also produces our white blood cells, particularly T lymphocytes that circulate around the body. And that is really important for response to immune challenges. So again, let's just quickly go over, I guess, exactly how it works, because I touched on it at the start, uh, but let's talk about it now we know the different types. So the first thing that happens is our body recognizes a foreign substance or antigen. Now, immune system, of course, goes, all right, we need to get rid of this stat. Our white blood cells, specifically our B cells, are then triggered to make antibodies. These proteins then lock onto the specific antigens. And then once the antibodies are made, they actually stay in our bodies in case we have to fight the same bacteria, virus, whatever, again. And this is why when we get things like the chicken pox, if you ever had that when you were little and you haven't had that again, it's because our body remembers. So we normally won't get sick again. So this is actually how vaccines work as well. And I know this is probably important to cover because this has been a very hot topic over the last few years, but vaccines or immunizations introduce the body to an antigen that won't make you sick. However, there is enough for the body to recognize it as a foreign substance and create antibodies against it so that the body can protect it or protect you from a future attack. Now, antibodies, again, can recognize it and lock on it or, you know, kind of give it that little spray painted cross that I talked about, but can't destroy it without the help of our white blood cells. In addition to all of this, our skin, lungs, and digestive tract can also help defend our bodies against microbes. And when you're sick and when you've got a fever, this is also an immune response as well because the rise in temperature in our body can help to kill microbes as well. So there's a few different things happening when we're sick, but our body pretty much gets onto it. We try and get better straight away. It's a great system that we've got going. And of course, that means that it's super important that we look after our body because it is trying to look after us. So next thing I'm going to talk about is how can you protect our immune system or improve our immune system? According to Healthline, one of the first things we can do to improve our immune function is to get enough sleep. So inadequate sleep is linked to higher susceptibility of illness. Of course, we all know it, our bodies need rest in order to restore and repair. And when we stop getting this, we are ultimately getting weaker. So that saying sleep is for the weak is actually not true at all. Sleep is for the people with good immune systems. Now, if you have trouble getting to sleep, I did an episode recently on the importance of sleep. So go back and listen to that if you want more information. 
A second one here is to watch your diet and make sure you are conscious of what you are eating. So eating whole foods or plant-based foods is fantastic for our functioning, but can also help to defeat those really harmful microbes. Now, the antioxidants that are found in these foods, so these are things such as fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, and legumes, can help to decrease inflammation in the body. And inflammation is linked to certain chronic diseases, such as Crohn's disease or even cancer. Fiber in these foods as well helps to contribute to a healthy gut and can also improve immunity, as well as just the general vitamins and minerals found, particularly vitamin C and D. They're also great for immune function as well. Now, for example, vitamin D actually helps regulate the activity of immune cells and can enhance the function of immune cells as well. This was something that popped up a lot when I was researching about coronavirus when I had it, it said to really supplement vitamin D. Now, of course, anything you are supplementing, I'll talk about it at the end here, but uh, always consult your healthcare professional, whether that's your local GP, a naturopath, anyone, make sure you ask before you do that. Now, in addition to these kinds of foods, uh, other foods such as olive oil, salmon, nuts again, uh, these all contain our healthy fats and they can also help to decrease inflammation and decrease our risk of uh, getting chronic diseases due to their really high levels of anti-inflammatory properties. So that's really, really good to remember. They're all those really healthy foods. And the goal here with eating healthily is reducing our inflammation in our body. Now, I should probably just mention here as well, if you don't know what inflammation is, it's your body's kind of process to fighting against anything that harms it. So this could be an infection, an injury, a toxin. It's helping to heal your body. Now, this, of course, is an immune response or a response from our immune system. And we don't want to have inflammation. We want to be as less inflamed as possible in order to be really healthy. Next one we have here is exercise. So regular moderate exercise can help to reduce inflammation and help immune cells to regenerate. So when we're talking about regular moderate exercise, we're probably talking about something like a brisk walk or a swim or things that aren't necessarily killing you or, you know, getting your heart rate up so high that you feel like you're going to collapse. This is exercise that isn't super vigorous. Now, of course, physical activity can also help to flush out bacteria in the lungs and airways, and it can relieve stress, which is key for the immune system. And I will talk about that in a moment. The fourth one here is to make sure that you hydrate because dehydration actually makes you more susceptible to illness. Now, drinking water doesn't actually stop you from getting a virus or bacteria in your body or anything like that, but it does limit your body's risk of getting headaches or contributing to heart problems or kidney problems. And of course, this can then affect your immune function. So we should all try to drink two liters of water per day. Number five here is managing stress. So this one is so so, 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 so important. This is an absolute key to immune health. Now, according to Healthline, long-term stress actually promotes inflammation and can cause imbalances in immune cell function. Now, if you haven't heard me harp on about any of this before, then you must be new here. But meditation, exercise, journaling, doing some yoga, 
spending time in nature, walking, practicing breath work. These are all things that we can do every single day that can help us with stress and are generally accessible to most people. Seeing a therapist or a counselor is also a great option. Of course, this isn't as accessible, but if you've got that option, that's also something I would recommend as well. Now, I know when I say these things, you might be thinking, oh, it's so much easier to talk about it or to tell someone to do it than to actually do it. And I totally understand that. I'm someone that can become quite stressed quite easily. So I really have to put these things into my routine on purpose. Again, there's another episode on building habits and routine. Listen to that if you need to, but make sure that you've got at least one of those things somewhere in there for your mental health and your stress. The sixth one I'm going to talk about here is quitting smoking and drinking in moderation. So we shouldn't be, uh, you know, in the dark about this anymore. Smoking cigarettes or vapes and drinking alcohol can all suppress the immune system and can cause chronic health conditions as well. So pretty straightforward and simple to improve your immune system. You probably want to limit or quit doing these things altogether. Number seven here is to wash your hands frequently, or I guess use sanitizer after the last couple of years. Of course, washing hands under warm water with soap is definitely recommended more than just using sanitizer, but there are, you know, these basic ways to avoid infections, and we've probably learned to wash our hands properly over the last few years, but doing this before you eat, and of course, after the bathroom or shaking hands with someone, that can really, really help, especially in those winter months, to avoid getting a infection or getting bacteria in your body. Number eight here, which is our last one, is to keep up to date with vaccines. Now, this, again, is a very hot topic, but vaccines do help our immune system to fight off infections before they can actually take hold. Now, we don't know a lot about, you know, a lot of terrible diseases like polio because we've been able to be vaccinated against them, which is really great. And I think it's important to remember that it is a privilege because some countries still have the threat of diseases like polio and many others. So if you do have that opportunity and of course, feel free, everyone needs to do their own research and make their own decision based on their own body. But I would encourage that in terms of uh, helping your immune system to overcome certain diseases. It's pretty much just like a a buffer or a a helping hand that we've already got. So uh, thinking about it like that might make it sound a little bit less scary. Of course, again, everyone has the right to make their own decision. But yeah, there is no doubt that vaccines do help with this. So those are the very basic ways to improve your immune system. And I'm sure that you've listened to this and maybe gone, oh God, I thought you were going to give me something that was like a magic trick that I could use, but there really isn't one. We've been given the answer over and over again in our lives. Most of us generally, you know, in Australia, we have pretty good health literacy. If you don't, I hope you're here and learning something. But really getting into those basics, making sure that you're moving your body. This, again, as I said, doesn't have to be overly vigorous. You know, moderate to vigorous is great. Making sure that you're eating a well-rounded diet. That is super important. Doesn't mean you can't have snacks or anything ever. But, you know, making sure that you are prioritizing a lot of those foods that reduce that inflammation. Staying hydrated. Getting enough sleep. Managing your stress. 
Now, a big question here that I should answer, which, you know, some of you might have is about supplements or herbs, things like that, that can help support immune function. Now, of course, there are so many healthcare products that claim to support immune function or claim to help immune function. And it's actually pretty inconclusive about when it, whether any of these actually enhance immunity at all. So, That's important to keep in mind. You can, of course, take supplements if you want to, but I guess if you are deficient in a particular vitamin or mineral, you can, of course, use supplements to help you with this or herbs or whatever you've decided. But in saying that, you should always get your levels checked first. Now, this is just a blood test at the doctor's and it's totally free uh, if you're on Medicare. And always, always, as I said before, consult your healthcare professional before taking any kind of supplement or adding that into your diet. That is all from me today. I hope that you learned something about the immune system and how you can improve it for your own benefit and Basically, it's just following those health guidelines, making sure you're doing all, you know, the standard things, which can seem really hard day to day when life gets in the way. So just prioritizing a few of those things will really, really help you with this. I will be back with you guys next Monday for a No Stupid Questions episode. Have a great week. See you later.